You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Satya Santanam from Mint's personal finance team. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I have a question for you. Have you ever considered purchasing agricultural land even if you are not an agriculturist? It could be for various purposes such as using it for weekend retreat in a farmhouse, cultivating crops for personal consumption, etc. A few individuals also explore agricultural land as an investment opportunity as it is considered to offer higher returns. In this podcast, I want to explore everything that one needs to keep in mind before considering to buy an agricultural land in India. I invited Harsh Parekh, partner at Kaithan & Co, one of the oldest law firms in India. Let's invite him. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Harsh, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi, hi Sonam. So uh, Harsh, in this episode, I want to talk about the risks, regulations, and conditions that come along with buying an agricultural land in India. So, especially after COVID, we see activities like weekend farming or having a rural retreat in a farmhouse gaining attraction, right? Also, if you, if you watched Shark Tank, uh, I, I vividly remember this. You know, one of the participants also pitched their idea of agritourism in India. So, there's a lot happening in this space. Parallelly, there's a lot of interest in buying agri land lately. So, let's start with basics. What is agricultural land? How is it defined? that's a great question actually satya and uh, you're right on uh, the you know interest that has come out recently and straight to jump into the answer for agricultural land it's basically land which is used for agricultural purposes, agricultural purposes. that is farming that is farm uh, etc uh, so so basically agricultural land is generally land which is used to grow crops if that is uh, you know if i may say it uh, very simply uh, and that is lands which is generally you would find outside city limits uh, and which is used by a farmer to farm and till land that is exactly what agricultural land really means sure sure yeah that helps and you know why is it considered a very lucrative investment option by many investors i understand uh, an agricultural land can be used for many purposes like growing crop and uh, maybe one can use it for a farmhouse or uh, you know as a weekend retreat etc but uh, there are there are there is also an interest from certain section of people for a purely com- commercial investment purposes. So can yeah. you can you shed some light on why is it considered a very lucrative investment option? So Satya, if you see if you have seen historically also all these agricultural lands would be some lands which are outside of city limits um, most of the times. And with the kind of infrastructure development which has happened in our country over the last eight ten years. Uh, far-flung villages have become easily accessible and therefore like for example today you look at uh, Alibag uh, one would take four hours or five hours to drive down to Alibag uh, five years ago but with uh, the advent of Roro ferries uh, the new highways etc being created Alibag is just like 45 minutes away so that's that's been the real interest and that's where the prices uh, are looking at uh, you know investors are looking at prices uh, which is which were very subdued over the last few years and they have really skyrocketed and that's true for other regions as well. If I pick up Nashik, for example, with the whole Samruddhi Highway, uh, with these kind of developments, the far-flung uh, villages have become uh, very, very accessible. It can also be used as a weekend home 
and if not uh, you know these can use uh, be used as satellite cities uh, going forward and that's the kind of uh, vision i think investors have uh, where they realize that you know maybe bombay becomes saturated or cities tier one cities like ahmedabad pune will become saturated and these will be smaller cities easily accessible uh, which which you know will uh, really fetch good value i understand but also it depends on place to place and the location also right location also matters a lot uh, so one shouldn't be carried away with these returns uh, shared by somebody who they know invested in an agricultural land etc that's absolutely correct so uh, location is extremely important uh, and uh, while this there is a huge euphoria around uh, you know good uh, you know investment opportunities around agricultural land but it's also important to see uh whether that location is strategic and whether that will really fetch value going forward right right uh we've also interviewed a couple of individuals for our mint story on about their land buying experience and uh, everybody are very optimistic about investing in land saying that it has a potential to give very good value appreciation in just few years uh but i also come across this statistic on uh, from, from from one of the government websites that almost 66% of the civil cases in india are related to land dispute or property dispute so there are also risks that are associated with buying a land more so with agricultural land could you elaborate on that please yeah so so satya you've uh, you've hit the head on the nail and uh, that's true while most of the land cases are pending and most civil cases relate to land uh, in relation to agricultural land i think what happens really is that uh, people are uh, so swayed by the opportunity and uh, they do not have enough time to you know go seek legal advice and close uh, transactions that they miss out and what happens on agricultural land again these are lands which are all situated in rural areas uh, which for which there is no municipal corporation etc and the people who own the land are all uh, farmers who may may not know the real uh, you know the law the ways of transferring land there are so many inheritance issues that co- crop up in agricultural land where the karta or the head of the family owned the land and post his uh, demise it's basically gone to his children uh, whether in you know they have succession certificates or not how do you ascertain whether those five or four individuals whose name are in the revenue record are the only real legal heirs and there is no fifth or sixth person so these are the risks you know mainly inheritance based risk based basically family partition risks where you know two brothers have partitioned the property they've left out they've left out the sister now whether the sister is going to claim any rights in the property or if sisters no more and his her legal heirs her children are around whether they will claim any rights to the properties these are things which uh, are not generally seen uh, by buyers who buy agricultural land and these crop up once you buy and when you know the sale takes place the family realizes that it's gone out of their holding and some family person will crop up and say look even we had a right so these are typical inherent risks uh, one would really see with agricultural lands because uh, the transactions are not uh, recorded by in uh, the sub registrar office the uh, inheritance are not through probates or through succession certificates or through letters of administration and hence a buyer does not have full visibility from a government record perspective that this is full proof there's no one else who will really claim sure uh, harsh in mumbai also whenever a person is buying a property some of the buyers also ask for a probate or succession certificate etc to the seller so why can't we ask such documents to 
agricultural land owners so so that's a good question and the problem really is that uh, one that uh, mumbai uh, it is compulsory to get a probate uh, villages it is not compulsory so therefore even if you ask because it is not compulsory uh, they would have not obtained it and more often than not uh, satya what happens is that uh, you know these deals have to be struck within a particular finite time and if one goes and asks for probate uh, probate in india or rather even in bombay i would say it takes nowhere lesser than 8 to 9 months so the buyer does not have that kind of time to wait as the seller is going impatient saying that if you don't buy i will go and sell to another party so more often than not these are the practical issues a buyer faces uh, you know when he goes and you know likes a land and has struck a deal commercially that he does not have that timeline to wait yeah yeah apart from the inheritance risk i also heard about the occupancy tenancy risks uh, yeah. could you talk about that yes so we, what used to happen in uh, earlier times uh, that uh, the land owner the agriculturist owner would have large tracts of land maybe 50 100 acres of land and he or his family personally could not cultivate land so therefore they would have hired some individuals on their land to help them cultivate and those individuals who were hi- hired were called occupants and the law in maharashtra specifically gave them certain protection as occupants if they had tilled the land for a particular time uh, and they would have occupancy rights and their names would be reflected in what we call as the 712 extracts uh, which are the revenue records and therefore they would also have not as much as an owner's right but uh, equivalent right where they could go to the government and seek uh, quasi ownership of the land and therefore it is very critical if, if a buyer goes and buys if he's negotiating with the owner to see from the revenue records whether there is any such protected tenant uh, or an occupant who has a right and their names would more often than not be reflected on the 712 extracts and if such rights exist then there is a process where they need to go seek collector consent uh, prior to such transfers or buying such lands right right i understand there are a lot of inherent risks uh, that come along with buying a land but what are the basic checks that uh, i as an investor can do what are the basic require uh, you know documents that i can see will are these documents available on public domain or online etc yeah so so that basically for any buyer buying agricultural land or whatever land uh, it basically needs to follow a particular checklist and the the main things that they need to see is one uh, revenue records which is in case of agricultural land 712 extracts mutation entries uh, is the most critical to ascertain how the title has flown uh, of the land from uh, you know last 30 or 60 years then it is also they if they have any documents Uh, of their title then those documents or title they need to undertake sub registrar searches at the local office they also ideally should issue public notices in the local area uh, in english and in say if it's in maharashtra in marathi if it's in gujarat gujarati or whichever state you know their local language so that one would uh, you know claim to be have taken all bona fide precautions before buying the land so therefore i would say revenue government records the revenue records title documents public notices searches at sub registrar offices or you know local uh, collector offices these are the most critical uh, documents that one should see especially when they buy agricultural land right right and uh, apart from the uh, you know inherent and the title risk there's also one of the biggest concerns in the real estate space that there is unaccounted cash transactions so there could be a difference between the circle rate and the market rate and the registration could be done actually lower than the market rate and there could be some cash transactions that's happening 
in this space so could you talk about it yeah so i think that there it is not unknown that uh, all of this used to happen uh, very very frequently in in uh, in our country but uh, i think as times have passed as markets have matured as people have matured as laws have come in uh, which are prohibitive deterrents are in place uh, these kind of things have uh, lowered a lot uh reckoner values of as we call as ready reckoner government valuations have also now started keeping up pace with the actual market and therefore you will be surprised to see in cases where ready reckoner or government valuations is much higher than really the actual market and there have been so many matters which have been filed before courts to say that these government records uh government reckoner values should come down uh to really the market uh so i yes it is not that uh, there is no if i would say there's uh, zero cash dealing i don't think uh, one would be uh, right in saying that but i would say that uh, it's become very very uh, less compared to what is to happen earlier but what are the risks with such transactions to a buyer or a seller so the risks really is of course that you know you are uh, dealing in cash uh, which is absolutely prohibited uh, there are pmla risks uh, prevention of money laundering uh there could be investigations under income tax department it's a crime under indian penal code so there could be uh, you know investigations inquiries arrests uh, because it is ultimately a criminal offense to deal uh, while paying and accepting cash and also uh, the other real risk of course this is one criminal aspect of it but the buyer also needs to keep in mind that if it deals in cash without any documents in place or without buying the land there is no way for it to really go to court and seek any kind of uh, you know uh, perform specific performance or termination in case the transaction does not go through so that's a huge risk from a buyer perspective if it has dealt in cash uh, without completing a transaction so that is one of the bigger risks and of course uh, it there is a huge criminality uh, around it uh, if at all someone really deals in cash and uh, has either accepted or paid in cash so uh, that that it the investigations crime uh is not taken away uh even if the cash component is less so uh, it has to be a real zero uh in dealing with cash uh, because of the criminality are attached around it understand understand apart from the risks uh, there are there are also certain regulations and conditions that comes along with this agricultural land i understand agri lands are governed by state laws uh but could you tell us a few universal regulations and conditions or some of the conditions that are uh, you know widely prevalent in most states uh etc yes Ash? Yes so that they are basically in agricultural lands there are a few regulations of course uh, only agriculturists in most states in india can buy agricultural land uh, there are only a few states which uh, have no such bar any person can buy a non agriculturist can buy in a few states in india uh, no foreign national or an nri can buy agricultural land under fema laws uh, also there is something called as uh, ceiling limits uh, so therefore uh, even if it's an agriculturist who buys agricultural land uh they have to follow the ceiling limits which are prescribed under the state laws and it differs from 54 acres 48 acres 24 acres depending on what the land has been put to use uh those ceiling limits are prescribed under law and therefore and therefore there is there are these laws that one needs to kind of uh, look at there is something called as a fragment act uh, which is prevalent where you cannot buy something which is a fragment which is a smaller uh, area uh, below say half a acre or one acre uh if it's a fragment and these fragments are notified in revenue records so these are the uh, you know broader acts that really apply uh to agricultural land acquisitions understand 
Uh, you told about NRI not uh, eligible to buy an agricultural land, but they can inherit an agricultural land from their ancestors, right? That's absolutely correct, sir. Yeah. So if it's a person of uh, you know from any any nationality and their parents uh, would be in India, and if they've uh, demised those lands uh, or bequeathed those land under their will, or if they've died intestate. uh they can inherit uh the foreign nationals can inherit agricultural land and that's an exception to the fema law understand also this agriculturalist can only buy an agricultural land in some states that rule but what is an agriculturalist who is an agriculturalist so so that the agriculturalist is a person who personally or through his family or through some people is either cultivating land or overseeing uh lands which are cultivated so therefore the the test that one needs to meet it that either he is personally cultivating land or someone in the family is cultivating land uh and or he basically has employed someone who's uh, cultivating land and he is overseeing the entire cultivation is an agriculturist also uh companies today can buy agricultural land under what we call in maharashtra as a 631a which is basically for bona fide industrial use so companies also can come in uh and buy agricultural land without any consent if they are putting the land to bona fide industrial use so these are the kind of permutations which is uh, available uh, for one to really buy agricultural land understand take an individual and uh, say suppose this individual is not into an agriculture but uh, his or her family was into agriculture so this per- so the individual becomes an agriculturist in this case so what happens is that if parents were agriculturists uh, or they basically the legal heirs also get that agricultural status uh, if they in some or the other way were involved in the entire process of agricultural farming or cultivation at some point in time and their land records uh, for their forefathers or their immediate parents uh, had uh, you know agricultural land and even their names were in that uh, revenue records etc as agriculturists then yes they immediately also become agriculturists understand yeah understand. ash my last question uh you know this is about land prices being available in the public domain i think in india i think in most countries also we don't find any information about prices of land uh in any public domain do you think non availability of such data is a, is a problem because we, we never know what could be the price of the land and uh, you know to what extent it can go to what to what extent it can fall etc uh is non availability of the land prices is something being discussed in the government circles etc so so satya i think uh, uh, one way to look at it really is that if you look at any government record or for, for that matter any land or flat or any immovable property that is bought or sold is all registered at the sub registrar office uh, which basically is a public domain earlier one would have to do physical searches to find these documents uh so presently you know if you see many sub registrars have come up with their own portal and website where one can really log in and find these details so yes you are right that there is no one government authority which publishes rates saying this is the market rate this is how the rates have flown over a period of time uh but there are a lot of these government websites where if one is interested they can go in and log in and see a particular area uh, what kind of rates uh, you know are going on by virtue of getting those documents out also i would say there are a few private companies today uh, who've set up a portal uh, where they publish rates they come out with you know they do the data mining from the government records and publish rates so while there is no government record there are a few of these agencies who do it uh, but yes you're right that uh, because of this these rates not being available through the government portal on uh, transparently it becomes difficult for uh, an individual especially 
uh, to ascertain what the real uh, market price of that area is and what price should he really pay understand while one cannot get the historical data but they can still see what the current market value is by logging into the state managed uh, sub registered uh, you know portals right absolutely so all these data at least of the past 10 to 15 years have been uploaded by many sub registrars uh, and those documents are available and one can if really it's a bit time consuming it's not an easy uh, exercise but yes if someone's really interested uh, that data is out there available understand yeah thank you harsh thank you so much that's all from my side thank you so much satya thank you that's all for now in this episode listeners if you have any queries or suggestions you can reach out to me on twitter my handle is at satya sontanam s a t y a s o n t a n a m or you can also write to us at mintmoney@livemint.com bye bye to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com you